When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I'm not judging these guys on size or color. I I just think they were boring and dumb. Well, (laughs) Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Very excited about uh, this year's draft class, especially today. Thought we added a lot of talent to this roster. A lot of guys that are going to come in and compete. Um, Theme was, again, sticking with the athletic traits that we're looking for. And uh, relying on these, this coaching staff to, to develop a lot of this young talent because a lot of the traits that they have, you can't teach, you can't coach, uh, but you can sure develop them. We had a lot of needs. I think we wanted to go out and just sign the best football players we can and create as much competition at each position as we can create. And I think the more quality you have at the positions, um, the more competition you can create at each position, uh, it brings guys up another notch. And uh, we're very excited, not only with what we're able to accomplish in free agency, uh, but also the addition of this draft class. Uh, also, some minor breaking Vikings news. Not surprising. Uh, they like Trey Wayne. Trey Wayne's had a good year last year. They have exercised the fifth-year option on Trey Wayne. So so this is his fourth year upcoming, yes. right? And then, then, then the fifth-year option on that rookie contract for a first-round pick. Correct. And then they'll have to figure out a long-term deal. So it might not be until next offseason that they extend Trey Wayne's. He's kind of on the back of that list. But he's definitely one of those guys that you're going to have to figure out if you want to have him around until he's 29 years old or so. So... All right, let's start with you've got the Westgate Sportsbook yes. over under win totals. Yep. Now that teams have mostly done what they're going to do in free agency in the NFL draft, what do they say about our Vikings? Well, atop the, the list, uh, down one win from what Westgate put them at last year, but still atop uh, the league, the New England Patriots are projected 11 wins. The Eagles and Steelers are next over under 10.5 each, and then it's the Packers and Vikings tied at 10. So I didn't find, there There was no official paragraph about the Vikings, but it goes Patriots, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and then Vikings and Packers at 10 wins yeah. apiece. And those were, were the only teams in double digits after that. Everyone was nine and a half or fewer victories. So how do you feel now that they've, they've pretty much exhausted what they're going to do in free agency, signing the most expensive quarterback in the NFL, and they've made their draft picks from where... We were at the day after the NFC Championship game on this show mm-hmm. discussing Vikings versus Eagles, Vikings versus Saints, and uh, and the things they have to do. How do you feel now that this is pretty much their team? Aside from the fact that I, I probably would have been more aggressive to get a guard in the draft, I feel pretty good. 
The quarterback move might not work, but ultimately I think it's an aggressive move that I like. If you were to have sat back, I think, and said, you know what, Case had a really nice year, let's keep Case. There is an off chance that he could have repeated that success, but I, I would have been pessimistic about that and and would have said Case Keenum might not be a dumpster fire in 2018, but I certainly think that he would have regressed. Uh, Cousins w- with his arm, there are some things that concern you a little bit, but I like him. And overall, I like the fact that this team went out from a w- with a 13-win team and, and has been pretty proactive. Mm-hmm. So I think putting them on 10 wins is just about right. Because the schedule gets tougher, but I think 10 wins is very fair. Yeah, I, I, I'm conflicted on this because there's a lot of things I love that they did. I I mean, I, I don't even disagree with their first-round draft pick. I don't know enough about all the prospects. I'm not going to sit here and crunch film on all of the draft prospects or even know what I would be looking at. So I'm just going to trust that Mike Zimmer identified a great piece to his defensive puzzle. He's been really good at developing cornerbacks and defensive players. So I'm fine with everything they did in a vacuum. I'm fine. I Mike Hughes, I'm fine with. Bringing in Kendall Wright, I'm fine with. As a number three wide receiver for not much money. Um, I like the fact that they brought in Sheldon Richardson on a one-year deal, a contract season for him. You'd think that he's going to be you know, playing for that next contract and the Vikings are going to take advantage. While Kirk Cousins isn't one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the NFL, I like that move too. I think go be aggressive and go get a sure thing. Go get an above-average quarterback, even if you have to overpay for it. So all of those moves individually, I like them. I'm fine with them. I'm not going to criticize them for it. But if we thought the reason why they lost to the Eagles and the gap between the Vikings and, let's say, like the three best teams in the NFL is offensive line related, they didn't do a lot to make you feel good going into the season. Like they, yeah. If you watched that Eagles game and thought, man, or, or the difference in how they performed at home versus on the road and thought, well, if they just had a couple better offensive linemen, if they just had, instead of like kind of a, a league average offensive line, if they had one of the top five or six offensive line units in the NFL, they could travel better, they could beat teams like the Eagles, you know, they could just continue to push forward in these games. Well, they didn't really, you're, you're, you're sort of going back to the same drawing board you had last year, unless you think that your second round pick, who's mostly undersized right now, and he's going to have to hit the weight room and he's a developmental guy, if you think he's going to be an early arriver. So, it's hard. I'm conflicted. I don't disagree with any of the moves they made individually. I don't think they addressed what might be the biggest gap between them and the best team in the NFL, the Eagles. Probably not. And the, the thing about this that's so difficult is I understand the the want to always protect the, the future of your franchise. And I get the, well, we, we don't want to give up draft picks in 2019 because that that's not taking the big picture into account. I get all that. But this is a weird sport, and windows are are wide open very briefly. And so, while I understand the the four the three to five year plan of well, if we trade a 2019 pick now, and then then we trade one next year, and and now it gets to be a problem. Your window is wide open to not be good, but win a Super Bowl. And therefore, that's why if I'm the Vikings. After I drafted the corner in the first round, I would have said, "Okay, we have to move up because if there's a run on guards, I need one." If you were, if we're just looking at an okay team, I get not making that trade. But when you are looking at, at a team where I really think this was the one position at right guard that you wanted to plug a player in and just say, "We have complete confidence that that like Elfline from the day the season starts, this is going to be our guy for 2018." That's exactly what I would would have done. 
if this was a team that had gone seven, nine, or, or eight and eight, I get not doing that. But I do think that there gets to be a danger in the sport of saying, let's protect the next three to five years when the opportunity exists to win a Super Bowl yeah. the next season. That's a fair point. It's also possible that these guys that we're talking about, let's say they took Will Hernandez. If you thought that Will Hernandez was the best, nastiest NFL-ready guard, you know, at, a, at not the Notre Dame kid that went, what, top 10, but like from, six, from yeah. where the Vikings were drafting. Correct. If Will Hernandez was the guy, there's no guarantee that Will Hernandez would have come in and have been incredible his first year. And now you still have a mediocre offensive line and you missed out on a chance to you know, bolster your defense. So, like, it's it's definitely not a, a zero-sum game in that, well, by drafting my cues, they for sure neglected, they for sure, like, guarantee that their offensive line is is not going to be improved. Um, so, I get it. I do think because they put so much energy and effort into the Kirk Cousins chase when when you know the tampering window opened up and then they went in and they you know spent basically three days all in on Kirk Cousins. Not that they weren't in contact with other free agents, they probably put a, maybe a guard or a tackle like third or fourth on their priority list, or maybe even second. And another team that might have had that guy number one on their list, like free agency, would have been another area mm-hmm. which they could have addressed it. But mm-hmm. they had all their eggs in the Kirk Cousins basket, and I don't even fault them for that. And and that's fine. But if that's going to be my strategy, then I protect him at all costs. I give him absolutely the best line possible. And I also am am personally, I guess, Vikings wise, gun shy from 2016 where the line, you got cute, and it didn't work at all. Now, I get that that in that case, your tackles got hurt, and so there were things that didn't go your way in 2016, but you also tried tried to get cute, and it blew up, and it got really bad. And so the second I signed Cousins, I would have said, no matter what, we have to go into next year as confident as possible. And now you're confident, but I don't. but I think it would be a lie to say that you're confident as you possibly could be. Someone sent us via email here another Shaq quote. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Hold on. We have we have t- the Shaq quote from uh, from stuff, or from yeah, it was from stuff. Well, two things. All right, Michael tweets into the show. Shaq is tons less dumb, tons less dumb. Shaq is tons less dumb than what everyone is giving him credit for. He's saying it isn't the size of the gas tank that matters, but how much you use. So just fill up $20 per week or however much you use is what he is trying to say. All right. Let, okay. Let's say you had an, <laughs> but no. <laughs> okay. Let's say that there wasn't a limit on how big the gas tank was. Okay. Let's say it's an unlimited gas tank. Uh-huh. If Judd spends $80 a week and I spend $20 a week and we both drive, let's say the same distance. Mm-hmm. I have to stop for gas four times for every one time Judd stops for gas. That's and what, we spend the same money. And that's what Kenny Smith was trying to tell So him. if Shaq's arguing anything, it's that Kenny Smith just doesn't have to drive very far. Right. Right? And I think I think what Shaq was trying <laughs> I think what Shaq was trying to say was fill up if you fill up quicker, you're you're gonna spend less. And because you spend less, you're going to feel better about the investment. Right? Because twenty is less. Than eighty, I think that's what he was saying. It felt like Shaq to me. We're all trying to figure this. out. I have out. no idea, really. It felt like he was saying Shaq was saying, no matter what, you are going to fill up once per week and only once per week. So do it when you're at the half tank versus waiting till you get 
on zero. <laughs> and I, I, my head hurts. Okay, well, here's bless the, him the, for- so if you're wondering, is Shaq just like smarter than everyone and sees something that we don't see? Here's no. a quote. Here's a quote according to someone. Someone emailed this in. I don't know when this was. Sometime during his playing career. I'm like the Pythagorean theorem. Not too many people know the answer to my game. There's no answer to the Pythagorean theorem. Well, there is an answer. But by the time you figure it out, I got 40 points, 10 rebounds, and then we're in the planning. We're planning the parade. <laughs> what a That's right. I'm A squared. And Kobe's B squared. And you don't know what C squared is. And by the time you figure it out, well, we're already celebrating with Mark Madsen on a float, dancing awkwardly. And he's got a bronze statue outside Staples. So it doesn't matter. We don't. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. All right, what kind of questions? Do you have any like less confusing questions to ask us next? The questions aren't that confusing. The answers, we'll that's find on out you next. guys. Mackie and Judd are back. Audio level full volume. It's go time. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, he's Dave Harrigan, and he has questions. Start with the Vikings. Curious guy. That's where we ended last segment. Knowing what you know about how last season ended, the offensive line struggling to hold up. Defensive line couldn't really get to Drew Brees a whole lot, or especially Nick Foles in the playoffs. It's letter grade time, boys. Mm. Free agency in the draft. <laughs> it's all behind us. How is this club done? How is Rick Spielman done in reshaping a roster that can compete at the highest levels of the NFC? Wow. Uh, I'll take I'll take a stab at this. I'm going to go because of everything I said about their offensive line still being a question. I'm going to give them a good, solid B plus because they addressed the two most important things needed. An offensive line is like in that top three too. But if you have a quarterback you trust and then weapons around him that make him better and a defense combined with Mike Zimmer's coaching, they can stop opposing teams the way that they have. And you've, and you've added ammunition to both of those bins, probably more so to the defense. Cause he brought in Sheldon Richardson and then you draft, you spent your first round draft pick on, uh, on a wide or on a, cornerback i'm gonna give him a good solid b plus uh i would have been at a b plus through free agency certainly uh but uh, i am still perplexed as to why they didn't uh, trade up on friday to get a guard early in the second round and it's going so i'm dropping it to a b minus because of that i'm dropping it to a b i'm taking away the plus i'm skipping right over the b and i'm not so I'm not going to a C plus because I do, I do think that the moves in free agency are solid, Boy. and and despite the fact that there that's some of my colleagues don't like the quarterback change as much as I do, I am convinced that Case Keenum is going to uh, crash back down to earth more and more. Uh, but the fact that you didn't go get a guard to protect that quarterback, and you're now going to have a competition, and Remmers might move to right guard, and Rashad Hill might be your starting right tackle. I think you could have taken the mystery out. If you had been willing to say, you know what, for this year, because we have such an opportunity, we are going to maybe maybe take a little bit of a hit on the 2019 draft. So I'm dropping her to a B minus. Wow. That's the one that confuses me. Oh, and by the way, wow. I am concerned. I am concerned that you have gone to the drafting a kicker well once again. Because Kai Forbath's gone. Kai Forbath has no Kai Forbath has as much chance to kick for this team in 2018 as I do. So you're going to a rookie kicker again. 
And we can look at his college stats all you want. Although, did you guys see these tweets on Saturday? He's perfect on PATs. Look at that, Kiowa. Well, you do realize <laughs> they still have the two-yard line as the line of scrimmage, right? Not, it's not a 33-yard kick in college. Um, I just I think you're tempting fate a little bit when you go to a rookie kicker with a team that's expected to achieve this much. But nonetheless, B-. minus. Hmm. Uh, remember, though, the last time the Vikings had a rookie kicker, he was, he great was the best kicker in the NFL. And the next thing, I think that team was... went to the playoffs. Wasn't that the 2012 team that went to the playoffs too, where he made 10 of 10 he from was beyond very, 50 he yards? He was very good. I just said it's it, it concerns me slightly to go back to that well, but uh, it's the not getting a right guard that drops my grade for him. Minnesota Twins nine and fourteen. F one oh, month into the season. <laughs> F minus. Oh, you wouldn't have said that two weeks ago. I know. You said snake bitten by the weather. I hope they get it back together once they go to Puerto Rico and Tampa. Yeah, it's not been good. <laughs> Losers of nine of ten, and it's uh, it's it's ugly. So, boys, give me uh give me a few names that you are confident in. Names of players on the Minnesota Twins that have struggled so far, but you are still confident. We don't need to worry about them. They'll eventually find it. Like this year or long term? Guys on the roster this 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 season. For the summer. Guys you are confident will turn it around and hopefully produce a few more wins. Oh, let me me just pull up yesterday's box score to see who I'm really confident in, (laughs) who's going to turn it around. Um... Rosario is at 2.30. I think he will will improve. I think Lomo, once it gets hot, I'm not saying the average is going to skyrocket, but he's going to hit hit some bombs. I think Lomo is going to be, he he might be a guy that you trade at the deadline now if things continue to go wrong, but I don't think he's going to be a complete disaster. Jason Castro is at 161. I think that comes up a little bit. Uh, Lance Lynn, starting pitcher. I think he, I think once he gets more time and gets comfortable, he'll be fine. He might not be great, but I don't think he'll be a disaster. Tonight? Um, no, I can't guarantee that for tonight. I'm sorry. I can't go there so yet. Confident. I can't go there yet. <laughs> so confident. Not yet. Still not so comfortable. There, there's what? Th- three names right there. Three or four names right there. And the bullpen, I mean, the Reed in, in the bullpen and Duke, to me, are fine. The problem is the rest of that bullpen's a complete mess. Oh, Fernando Rodney will straighten things out. There's four names. Fernando Rodney. Are I, you sure? This, I'm not positive, but I do. Oh, so confident. But, but, given, but given, <laughs> given the track record, given the track record, record of what we saw with, what, a 12.81 ERA last April in Arizona. I think he rebounds uh, the rest of the bullpen. I don't know, though. So so I'm not guaranteeing much here, but I do think a few guys get, get back on track. And if nothing else, at the deadline, can now be moved. But notice how fragile, and I'm the same way, like I mean, how I don't fragile know. those 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 statements are when Judd said, oh, and Fernando Rodney will turn it around. And I said, are you sure? And he immediately says, I no. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not sure of a thing right now. This team's. I'm not either. This team's a dumpster fire right now. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, Eduardo Escobar's gotten off to a good start, so hey. Yeah, congratulations, he can keep it up. bravo. Um, I'm most confident in TC Bears' ability to bounce back and win the weekend home run derbies, unless Dave Harrigan is performing against him. I mean, like that's okay. Look at like Miguel Sano. Am I confident that Miguel Sano no. is going to like be healthy and be a well-rounded player? Like he'll be a round player. He'll be well-rounded. Yeah, he'll be in yeah. A shape, as Ron Gardner would say. Yep. Um, I I think and Logan Morrison. He'll hit home Just runs. for the fact that he's hitting, he has one home run and he right one or two now. One he's at home, two, two home runs. Hit he a second yeah. on Friday night. So two home runs and he's hitting one fifty. So just because of math, 
He can't possibly be that bad all year, so I'm going to say he'll bounce back. Because math. And, um, my God, pitching. Like, Zach Duke <laughs> walks everybody. Jose Barrios went from best pitcher in baseball for, like, three starts to now unable to go deep into games again. So he's kind of, like, settled in. He's got, like, a 380 ERA. He's kind of settled in if you just average it out to where he should be, so he doesn't even really count. So T.C. Bear and Logan Morrison. Do we know how T.C.'s done this year? Would have had one Saturday. Would they have had one? Joe, well, you weren't there. Were you there on Saturday? Uh, afternoon game, though. So if, if they did, did it, they did it. Well, I was in here on Saturday Sports Talk oh, with Collar, no. so I don't know if they had one or not. I don't know. Maybe he's off to a good start. They should just put him in the lineup. Couldn't hurt right now. I'd be fine. No. Ugh. <sighs> I'm going to give you a name. Phil, actually, you just mentioned it. Tell me, give me three adjectives to describe this name. Because since he's been here, he's been a very valuable twin. Though he hasn't played certainly nearly as much as other guys. Eduardo Escobar. Good start. Always seems to be hitting the ball except for when he becomes a full-time player. And last year, actually, he did pretty well after that, didn't he? Yes, he did. So Eduardo pretty- Escobar. How valuable has he been to the Twins since he got here several years ago? Give me a few adjectives to describe that young man because he always seems to be hitting it. I'm going to give you uh, the first one I'm going to give you is a winning. Meaning the trade of Francisco Liriano, where they were just trying to dump him for anything, and they wind mm-hmm. up with one of the better utility players in Major League Baseball. So uh, he helps them win that trade. The other two words that came to mind were underrated and versatile. Yep. Like you wouldn't feel bad about him as you're starting second baseman, shortstop, or third baseman, or just a guy who can play anywhere on the field. He's also, I think, your emergency catcher and can play outfield. You could bat him second. You could bat him fifth. You could bat him ninth. I mean, so. Can he pitch? We might find out. Let's do one of those, you know, nine <laughs> innings, nine positions type of things. We, we might, might need a gimmick out. to get fans yeah. of the ballpark. Might as well. Soon. Yeah, you're, you're right. So versatile, underrated, and winning because <laughs> he allows you to, to have redeemed something from Francisco Liriano's uh, late Twins career struggles. I think that's a perfect fit. And also, don't forget, he is a clubhouse. Did he just steal my words? I think yeah. he's a, ah, Phil took care of <laughs> no, nice no, job. No, wait, wait. I was going to give you something else, though. <laughs> Phil's words are correct. And also, he is a clubhouse chemist. Don't forget that. He's a funny guy. He, he keeps the clubhouse guy. loose. He does keep the clubhouse He's Bartlett-like. He doesn't know how to pronounce anyone's name, apparently, right? He, for, he forgets names. He's a big names. Nick Cage guy, and he, he learned how, how you, you know, from Nick, Nick Cage films, he learned how to speak the... Language, so what? Is that how he learned how to speak English? Yeah. I there, know that he like, there was Nick a, Cage. They saw Nick Cage in Puerto Rico, and he took a picture with Nick Cage, and I think Dustin Morris tweeted it out, the PR guy. And now the, the game on Friday, there, there was actually uh, um, Escobar on the scoreboard doing lines from Nick Cage film. Put the bunny down. <laughs> yeah, basically. The same line. <laughs> yeah. Is that why he, he always talks like he's like yes. on Alcatraz Island in some crisis? Nick Cage guy. <laughs> Clubhouse chemist, boys. Oh, man. They need so much more. Yes, I think that's correct. So much more. Let's talk about what more the Twins might need when Wetmore comes in here next. I'm reading his prep notes. Here's the tease. It's likely over for the Twins. Derek Wetmore is already done. We're not even to May. May is tomorrow. We're not even to May yet. And I don't even know if I disagree with him. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey. That little uh, dweeby-looking kid. Judd Zolgad. He needs a cocktail and a hot tub or something. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Talking twins.
Now, with 1500ESPN.com senior web editor and resident seam head Derek Wetmore, presented by the Canopy Group for the best insurance coverage at the absolute best price. Their guy pitched well. We, you know, we didn't have hardly anything going. I saw we had a couple hits on the board, you know, until at least middle to late stages of the game before we started getting a few more. So, yeah, um, you know, playing from behind shouldn't be that big a deal uh, early in the game. But once it started getting extended, it, got, it became, you know, more difficult for sure. All right. That was Paul Molitor. Exasperated Paul Molitor. Derek Wetmore is in here from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch Em All podcast. And, Derek, we're going to start with a great question from loyal listener Matt Cheetah here who wants to know why the Twins chose to keep Tyler Kinley who who they it was it was like it was like one of those losing seasons where you get a rule 5 guy and you're going to you're going to stash him away like they did that guy from a couple years ago uh JT JR Graham JR Graham yeah um, so, Very memorable. So Tyler Kinley they were basically playing shorthanded for the first 3 weeks of the season then they d- decided to get rid of Kinley over, say, J.T. Chagwaugh, who currently has a 1.74 earned run average with 14 strikeouts in 10 innings for the Dodgers. I don't have a good answer for you. I do It looks think really bad. It does look bad, and now Kinley's on the way out. The Twins are getting their Rule 5 guy back, but Chagwaugh is pitching at Chavez Ravine, and I think this is a case where we don't have to just say classic second guess. We don't have to say, oh, you let a flamethrowing lever go. And now he's succeeding and we're torching you for it. There are a lot of people torching them for it at the time that, yeah, he's, what, 27 and it just hadn't worked out and he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay on the field. Last year, he basically missed the whole season. And they thought they needed a roster spot. I can't remember if that was the uh, Logan Morrison right around the time that they were adding him and they needed a 40-man spot. And they just said, all right, move on from this guy. Well, now it's going pretty well for Shagwa. I don't, I don't have a good answer for you as to why they would do that. What I would also point to, this Twins team has much bigger problems than what J.T. Chagua is doing with the Dodgers right now. Losing 8 out of 9 and doing it to two teams that you thought had already given up in Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, that does real damage to what your outlook for this season is. Okay, J.T. Chagua, Kinley, we can, yeah, but this is like nitpick at the very, very end of the roster. The Twins are facing much bigger problems right now, and that is the schedule that they've already lost in losing some of these games early. So they are now 9-14. and 14. They've lost 9 of 10, including um, three games to the Rays in Tampa and then two of three to the Reds here, both of which aren't certainly great teams. Uh, I am Mr. Panic, but I sat with you during the course of Saturday's action in which I, actually the Twins played pretty well and got a good start. Take me through, take us through, the listeners, what you told me, because I found it very interesting. And I will say this. In 2016, you and Phil both basically called it quickly. And I thought to myself, well, they could bounce back. And they didn't. It was done. So I trust you guys more than me to actually have a a educated feeling for when the Twins are in big trouble. So well, I think it's over. There. I think it's over. You can put a fork in the Twins. And... And that's not radio hot take, guy. Thank you. Yes, because what do I get criticized on this show for more often than anything else? Okay, sweater game, eating vegetables. But third on that list. Well, well not not seeing any movies. Okay, fourth on that list. There are a lot of things to make fun of. Pale complexion. Extremely pale complexion. That haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, don't invite Dave into this conversation. This will take all day. 
in terms of my sports takery, you guys. You total yeah. line. Yeah. It, don't hey, don't make fun of people's appearances, okay? That what that's what crosses the line when yeah, it comes to poking fun, fat, okay? Especially if they're fat. Yeah, they really seriously. Your eyeshadow today is appalling. It is that I do not step out on limbs. I just go with takes that I'm confident will be right. I The non zero Derek Whitmore. The non zero. You're like, oh well, yeah. could uh could the Marlins win the World Series? And I'd be like, Well, I mean, it's not <laughs> likely, but I mean, I guess there's a non zero chance. And in this case, like, I'm kind of just, this This is a damning start for the Twins. It might be over. I think this for right, a couple on. of different reasons. Hold on, hold, hold those couple reasons. Let's, let's, let's enter this into hot, hot take uh, precinct. Hot Take Cops is recorded on location with the men and women of Sports Talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in Hot Take Court. All right. So your contention is the season is over. Let me ask you guys. If I get arrested for having a hot take and that hot take proves to be true, what are the, you know, do I get reparations for that? Is there any sort of like, oh, you were, sorry, you were falsely arrested, Nelson Mandela. There's actually a great podcast called Wrongly Accused or Wrongly Convicted or something where they just talk to people who spent 20 years in jail. That's right. A crime that they did not commit. Right. So that's, you'd wind up on that podcast. Okay. Well, that's not a very good consolation prize, but here's why I think that the twins, like, this just sucks. Let me ask you, too, before I get into my reasons here. Would you rather, if you're the Twins, and you know where you were going to end up right now today, 9-14, and 14, would you rather have started like 0-8 and 8 and then gone on a little run? Were you, whatever, 8-5, and 5, what that? Whatever the math is, would you have rather the losing streak came at the beginning of the season? Or, um, or that you played all right and then you just tripped and fell flat on your face? I'd rather them not be 9-14. and 14, So, I don't know, like... I don't know that I care either. Yeah, I just don't. So what's your okay? Why so, do you think the season? Well, that's over? my point because if you lo- if you went zero and eight, we'd all be saying like, yeah, put a pitchfork in them, they're done. They yeah. just went zero and eight. How is that any different? Here is oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, here, yeah. here is why it really hurts them. If they went okay, you get swept by the Yankees and in kind of crushing fashion, it's like ooh, that hurts. But you can overcome that. That's a really good team over there. The Yankees are World Series contenders, and you think to yourself, all right, just some. Bad luck. We fell on the wrong side of a couple close games. Uh, but you lost two or three to the Reds, who everybody was picking as the worst team in baseball. We all thought the Rays had given up. Now, maybe they haven't, but you got swept. Yeah, it's on the road, but it's to another, what I'd call a bad baseball team. Those are games that you don't get to make up. You don't get to say, like, yeah, but the Twins' schedule should be favorable because they've got the American League Central coming up, and they and they should be pretty bad. Yeah, that's true. But the reason why we thought the Twins could win 90 games this year was because they had that padding. Now they've given up some of that padding, and to get to that 90-win mark the rest of the way, they're going to have to play like a much better baseball team than they are. And the second point of that is they have to prove it to the front office before the trade deadline. You saw how quickly they were ready to pivot and sell off last year when that team still had a chance. I don't think this is the kind of thing where the front office is going to say, oh, a couple games below 500 and five games out of the wild card. Let's take a shot at this thing. I think that you have to prove it to those guys upstairs that are crunching the numbers and say, no, this is a team that has legitimate postseason aspirations and can make noise in the postseason before they're going to go add pieces. That was a big part yep. of my argument at the beginning of the season. Now your runway's quite a bit shorter after this month of April. They are a lot closer to trading Brian Dozier than they are to contending for a, a pennant at this point. I mean, they. so I'm mostly with you. I'm not going to fight you. You start 9-14, and, and and most importantly, 
you're you're already giving away games and series against teams that you should be able to, like you just said, pad your schedule against. You don't get to see the Reds again. You don't get to see that three-game series against the Rays again um, where they're basically running out like a Twins has-been team of Carlos Gomez and Denard Spann and, and, and Wilson Ramos, who, by the way, now has bilateral leg, whatever it is, tightness. So it does exist. It's a thing that not just Joe Maurer has, apparently. Um, they'd have to go 81 and 58 the rest of the way to get to 90 wins. And it's possible that 90 wins doesn't, because right now Boston and New York are, those are, those are 95 plus win teams. I think for sure over 90 Boston's off to a great start. 20 and seven, New York is 18 and nine. They can also add pieces at the trade deadline. So like one of those teams could add Chris Archer or somebody at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, the Astros in the West and, and the Indians, if you think the Indians are, are basically gone, even though they're only two up on you in the loss column. So you're and night. So now if, if you start to take away some of these teams, you're, you're fighting for one wild card playoff spot and you have to go 81 and 58 to get to 90 wins. Yep. You can start to do some math and figure. Yeah. I mean, even if like Irvin Santana comes back and it's no guarantee at age 35, I'm ve- ordinarily, I would be pumped the brakes guy right now. I'm not going to pump the brakes on this. Yeah. I'm not going to stick a, a, a fork in their season. I'm going to let this play out. But oh, I, I just did. Sure, so that's you're fine. fine. Yeah, you that's fine. fine. Basically dead. That's yeah, fine. So, so Phil gets to come in with a hot, half hot take and not get no, pulled I'm over. Impre- I'm impressed. Here. I'm going to take credit for this when you, they do not make the postseason. You don't do this. So Byron Buxton is hurt. Miguel Sano is ginger. and Self-inflicted for, with Sano. And then get some pitching back here. They're already up to I think it's 18 pitchers on the year and that number's only going to go up and up and up. I had two assumptions coming into the year and nothing's changed my mind about those two things. One is that the Indians were going to win the division. I think they're clearly a better roster. More talented. I mean, the Twins get like the max upside of every player, then they're right there maybe, but like if everyone just has their 50th percentile outcomes, the Indians are just a better team. They win the Central. Second assumption was that either New York or Boston was going to win one of the wild cards. So now you're playing for one wild card. Teams like Minnesota, Seattle, the Angels, who are off to a really interesting start. Like it gets crowded fast. And you can't just say, well, one of those teams, oh, well, oh, 86 wins. The Twins could win 86 games. And so they'll be there. Just because 85 wins got it done last year does not mean that'll be a wild card winner this year as baseball separates to haves and have-nots. You've got some super great teams, and then you've got some, like, good teams. Not all those good teams get to make the playoffs. The Twins could even have a good year this year. I'm just saying the postseason looks a lot farther away today than it did a month ago. And if this had all transpired in April of 2017, none of us would have been surprised, and the Twins could have made the trades they wanted, and and at the end of that year, Paul is out. But they they had that surprise year, Derek. They hung around. And now and now this April is essentially what we expected a year ago. Well, uh, let's let's pause and, and continue this conversation when we come back. TCL Broadcast Studios, Wetmore hanging out with us from the Touch 'Em All Podcast and 1500ESPN.com. He has already buried the Twins. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Here we go. On 1500 ESPN. Minnesota United got to win this last Saturday. They've got another home match coming up this coming Saturday. They'll be taking on Vancouver at TCF Bank Stadium. Tune in at 12.30 for the pre-match show with Brian Pyatt. Followed by kickoff at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon with Dan Terhar. Catch all the action right here on 1500 ESPN.
we talk about him being young a lot, and he's going to go through some of those starts where it's not going to be there. And and today was one of those days where he had a tough time. Kind of two in a row for Barrios where it hasn't quite been there. Wetmore is in here talking twins. He's already put a shovel in the ground to bury them. Uh, it's not even May yet. Can't even full-on disagree. Like, I'm going to give it some more time just to see if they can bounce back. If Cleveland didn't get off to kind of a 500-ish start, then to be clear, I would fully agree with you today. To be clear, I'm going to wait for the ground to thaw before I actually dig the grave, but I'm just saying, like, we've reserved the space for it, and sure, that's fair. We've, we've got our planning <laughs> bu- going into you it. You bought the plot? Is it's, that what you're I saying? I put a down payment, <laughs> and uh, we know where it's going to be. It's just, yeah, it's frozen ground. So you probably don't want to get too deep. Just a plot now, or a, a headstone, too? Yeah, no, I would. Did you buy the headstone yet? I have not, and I was actually counting on you guys to maybe chip in. There's a GoFundMe oh, yeah. page Those right now. Those are expensive. Those headstones <laughs> are costly. Check that out. They really are, yeah. Um, all right, so what if they're going to turn it around, and if they're going to make a fight out of this thing and actually play some good baseball. What are some things? There's some obvious things here, right? Sure. Phil, Phil Hughes, man, I know you're paying him $13 million, but he just, outside of that one year where he he set a new record for strikeout to walk ratio because he just didn't walk anybody all year, he is a very hittable guy, even when fully healthy, not coming off multiple thoracic outlet syndrome surgeries. Yeah. So they're going to run him out again, though, it sounds like. Well, the easier, you know, the easy moves that we have no control over get Byron Buxton back, get Miguel Sano back in the lineup, stop having him kick balls at third base, but get him back in the lineup. And and then it's things like Irvin Santana. He's obviously he's behind the initial schedule. They were talking, you know, May as a possibility, and he hadn't gotten on the mound yet. I mean, he's not facing hitters. Mm-hmm. So Trevor May, too, he's coming back from surgery. He could be back next month. But, like... Is it going to be too late by the time those guys are back? I think they have to make... According to you, yes. Yeah, well, that's right. That's right. I can't get that down payment back, boys. Correct. But there is a a number of things I think that they can do just internally, and I wrote a column about it over the weekend. It's five things to fix. I mean, if you're going to have any shot at getting back in this thing, and you brought it up, Phil. Phil Hughes, I, I don't know what's left. I I... You feel bad because you see him going up and giving it like his best effort, but it's it's just not there anymore. I mean, after what is he nine months removed from the second surgery to try to fix thoracic outlet syndrome, mm-hmm. and that's clearly not an easy thing to fix. They didn't fix Matt Harvey out with the Mets, and now he's bumped to the bullpen because he can't get the velocity back. And when you're Matt Harvey and you're at 98, 99, and you lose velocity, and you're down to 92, 93, it's still well, there's something there. There yeah. you you could have a. But when you're Phil Hughes and you were 94 and now you're down to 89, 90, maybe 91, he's basically he's having to go up and try to learn how to be a new kind of pitcher on the fly against major leaguers. Yeah. I, I don't see that as a workable formula right now. We Judd, you and I watched him, was it Friday? He was yeah. pitching and just like <laughs> he he's trying Friday. He's he's up there and he's throwing I, I'm not gonna call it batting practice because he's more competitive than that, but he clearly doesn't have the same command that we came to know when he had that great season with the Twins. It's not there. He doesn't have the same kind of life to his pitches. There's no swing and miss. Mm-hmm. It's major league hitters going up there and feeling kind of good about themselves that it's time to get a hit, hit parade time. And this is the Cincinnati Reds. Now, I saw on the schedule he is the probable pitcher for Wednesday, so maybe the Twins aren't ready to stick a fork in it. But to me, I think you've got to be drastic I think that start goes to Aaron Sleggers or That's Fernando not. Romero, For, so something he, along the lines of not Phil Hughes. So at this point, too, if you have to take your record into consideration, what's the more likely scenario that you're going to go from nine and fourteen to the playoffs with 
one of two options, a Phil Hughes resurgence or handing the ball off to Fernando Romero, let's say, your first or second best pitching prospect who's been pretty darn good so far for AAA Rochester. I mean, like if you're going to dig out of this hole and you're going to really compete with the best teams in the American League, I have a really hard time buying that it's going to be Phil Hughes that helps you get there after this many procedures and this dip in fastball velocity. It's it, just not realistic. I might just be missing something. It's totally possible. It's it's No, no, you're not. I would say like maybe Garvin Alston has something that says like, here's how we fix Phil Hughes, and it's just a f- simple flip of the switch. But I think it takes more than a simple flip of the switch. He's not just one tweak away from back to being a productive major league starter. I think there's a long ways to go, and short of getting his pitches back— I mean, I don't see a, a late career reinvention as the way to do it for starting, Phil Hughes. Starting him right now strikes me as being very unfair to the team and him. This isn't a, a bash fest. That's a good take. This is a this is a what you're doing to this guy is not fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know fans, how to get him back, and, and he might just be cooked. Fans are going to hear it and say, like, "Well, he's not giving the twenty six million back." Like, yeah, he's he's still owed twenty six million dollars or whatever it is, the balance of that contract. I, I get it. So, like. Feel bad for him to an extent. No, there's, that he's no, okay, a, there's nothing to feel bad for Phil Hughes. Like Phil Hughes has pitched in the major leagues for a decade. He's made no, but generational I'm, money. But I'm like, saying throwing him out there, having him go back out there to me is unfair to yeah, everyone involved. I feel bad, Phil, that he's 31 and you know probably just has to walk away and it's not on his own terms. I feel bad that you had your profession, your livelihood, and something you enjoyed doing just stripped away from you by an injury that you can't see. It's just what, what what happened to me. You're not supposed to be over the hill at 31. And to me, when I watched him pitch on Friday and you watched the start on TV in New York, yep. I think you put those two things together. And I, I just don't see it happening for him this year with the Twins. So that'd be one fix that I'd make like right now. I wouldn't wait around on that What's one. The, okay, the Byron Buxton thing is so he so first it was migraines slash some like odd concussion symptoms that that knocked him out for like five days yeah but migraines. it blend, but it blended into it was stuff that you would hear from concussion symptoms so I don't know if they like ruled out a concussion sure I don't know that either but I, it was it was very much it wasn't like I have a headache today and I'm gonna go take a nap and come back and be fine tomorrow it was a, several yes exactly so yeah. that's something that okay that's that might pop up later on. I would have some level of concern there. Sure. Now he's got the where they had to drain his toe and he's got a hairline fracture. So what are we hearing about Byron Buxton? Obviously, he helps the pitching staff. He's not the only reason why they've been getting bombed sure. eight plus runs every game. But yeah, so hairline fracture in his toe from when he fouled off a pitch during a rehab start in Florida. Yeah, that's just, I mean that's just bad luck. That's that sucks for Buxton. It sucks for the Twins. And now he's got a hairline fracture on the toe. Um, I don't know exactly what the timeline is for that. In fact, the twins, when you ask them about a timeline, will run as far as they can in the other direction because nobody likes to peg timelines on sort of unclear injuries, sort of injuries that you don't know an exact date that he'll be back. It's not Tommy John, 13 to 16 months and good as new. It's... Well, can well, he put weight on it? And it's it also and a player that bases his game on speed. speed. Uh-huh. Yes. Like if he sat there and hit taters, you'd be like, okay, can you Agreed. pivot on your foot? Agreed. Hey, Miguel Sano, I'm going to ask you to play through a little bit of a shoulder thing because yeah. we want your bat. Byron Buxton, I want you running faster than any human in the major leagues and catching everything that you can in both gaps. So so that affects it. But what they're going to do, Phil, is try to give him a little bit of a blow Give him a few days of rest and hope that then 
even if it's not fully healed, which it won't be, but after four or five days, see how he can tolerate pain, see how he's moving around. And if and if he can come back, if he can stomach it, then get him back up off the disabled list and, and see where it goes from there. I, I have my doubts, but that is a, another just a law another in the long list of bad news for the twins in the month of April. So Noah's out how long now? I think he should be back. Like they were just Three giving weeks, him an extra day. A month? No, he should be in the lineup tonight. If he's not in the lineup tonight, I think that's a really big problem for the twins. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we'll see. They've had these problems before, and guess what? He doesn't come. He was supposed to come back yesterday, and then it was still giving him problems. Yep. This is just the same thing with this guy. He doesn't care about his craft. He does not. He thinks this is all fun. All fun and games. I hit long home runs. I strike out. And if I get fat as a cow, who cares? And no one's willing to say it. There, I, I should say. It. At no, Target Field. At Target Field, though, nobody. People are willing to say it. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, we've it's, said it on the It's just show. embarrassing. Sure. Derek, we know you I care know. about your craft. I don't know. Are you guys are you guys gonna have me back next week or is this kind of Dude, you came on and go. made a declarative statement. Of course we are. I loved it. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, oh, it was great. You buried them. Talking you're Vikings right. every Monday. Oh, no, I liked it. You were right. It'll be a transition into smooth jazz. Well, here's the thing I should say on the way out is that I still think that this is a good baseball team. It just takes a lot. To dig out of the hole that they've dug themselves this first month of the season. Yeah, I we'll uh, I don't agree with the Twitter follower that said they're closer to losing a hundred than making the playoffs. Yeah, that's wrong. Like they're gonna they're gonna do something to like they're gonna go on a run and win some games. Just is this too much of a hole? Wetmore, find his stuff on fifteen hundred ESPN.com and the Touch 'em All podcast. We're gonna meet. Uh, we're gonna have a little bit of the uh, Wolves fix it discussion here when we come back because Corzo brought up three potential fixes that he would implement on his show yesterday morning on this station. I don't even know if one of them is possible. Oh, who we'll, cares? It'll be fun. We'll get into that when we come back. Judd for prime mortgage lending. Yeah, that, that's right. The twins are a mess, but if you are looking for a mortgage company, I'm going to tell you who's not a mess. In fact, I'm going to tell you who you want to get hold of today because they will solve all your problems. That's my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough. That's because this isn't about simply selling you on something. No, Prime wants to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn that trust than sell you a loan. I said that correct. They would rather earn your trust than actually sell you the loan. That means while Prime would love to have you as a client, what they really want to do is sit down, meet with you first, and explain their plan. Then the decision is up to you. This is about a couple of very important things when it comes to sports and life. Teamwork and collaboration. It's what Prime is all about internally. It's also what they believe in to share with their clients. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing cost, not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you? The site to go to is goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. We're going to try and fix the wolves next. Good luck to us. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.